0: Welcome to the realm of heroes and monsters, Storytime, with your host, A.P. Fuchs. Stories of intrigue, stories of horror, stories of superheroics, stories of monsters. Get ready, the thrill ride begins. Hey everyone, welcome back. Here we are, another episode of Storytime, with me, A.P. Fuchs. Well, actually, the full title is Realm of Heroes and Monsters Storytime with AP Fuchs, but sometimes I abbreviate for you. uh, Keep things moving, so to speak. Anyway, welcome to the show. Welcome back. Thank you again for tuning in. I appreciate it. It's uh, good good to be with you every week, and uh, I enjoy uh, creating these episodes for you. Sort of a way to connect. And, um, you know, I don't know your name, who's listening. I don't know your background. I don't know where you are in life. But just wanted to say a special welcome to you, welcome back, and if you're new, welcome aboard. And uh, today, you know, in the first portion here, you know, we always talk pop culture and that sort of stuff. And we think of pop culture, we always think of comic cons and those types of events, you know, um, comic shops and toy collectible aisles and, you know, fandom, right? Um, But pop culture also involves other things. You know, and horror is one of them. Um, and in, in my case, uh, you know, I specialize in uh, monsters. Those are my things. Um, and some people think that that might be a limiting, um, I guess you could say, genre. You know, if you stick with it just within the monster realm um, instead of going to other things uh, like haunted houses or possessions or whatever. You know and I, you know i disagree with that i think you know it, whether whatever element of the horror genre that you pick to work in it could be the whole spectrum of it or if you just pick a segment of it and in my case monsters that's my segment i like that um i like monsters <clears throat> you know um, for me i've always viewed them as sort of more super villains than monsters it's just my superhero brain it's just the way it looks at it but um There's a lot you can explore within that niche. And I wanted to talk about a story uh, by the, we all know him, everybody knows him, Stephen King. Um, He did something in one of his works that is very hard to do, and that is Scare the Reader. Now, yes, he's written a lot of scary fiction. That's why he's famous one of the reasons anyway, but, um, there to put fear into something, you know, no matter what chunk of the horror genre that you're a part of or write in or draw in, um, to put an element of fear in there is, is tricky because what's scary to me might not be scary to you and vice versa. Right. But Steven has a way of tapping into, relatable fears so that most readers not all but most when they pick up his stuff um, get some element of fear out of it you know and he wrote this story in his short story collection the short story collection is called everything's eventual and he wrote a short story in there called the road virus heads north and i personally i don't scare easily um, but this particular story and it was a story, this is not visual, like, like, like on a movie or nothing like that. You know, this was like completely in my imagination, completely Stephen's words doing this to me. But he wrote a, a story called The Road Virus Heads North. And the basic premise of the story is this guy, he goes to this um, garage slash yard sale, and he finds this painting, and he, he likes it, he picks it up, and goes to take it home, and he has it in his car, and he's driving home. And on the painting is a picture of a of, of a guy on a motorcycle. And um, so, whatever the guy's driving along, and you know, he's thinking about this painting, he likes it. But then, in his rearview mirror, there's a guy on a motorcycle, and and he's following him. And as the story progresses, you know this the driver the guy who bought the painting you know he's trying to evade this guy who's sort of tailing him behind but this motorcycle is always on him and it turns into this story of cat and mouse and um i don't want to spoil the endings so i got to be careful here but he yeah the whole time this guy is suddenly overwhelmed with fear, and he kind of puts two and two together that this painting and this motorcycle guy is—they're connected—and it scares the crap out of him. And it scared the crap out of me. And then when the ending comes, it's a huge punch in the gut, or a punch in the heart, or wherever you feel your fear. You know, um, it just—it just nails you right in that spot. And Stephen did that by hinting at what could be because that's what fear is about right fear is about the unknown that's why we get scared because we don't know when we know the answer to something when it's whether it's good or bad that puts at it, us at ease even if it's a bad thing at least it takes us down a notch because we understand whatever the bad thing is but when you don't know that's when it becomes scary and Stephen hit all those notes in this story on the unknown and playing into this guy's emotions and his thoughts, and I related a lot to this main character and what he was feeling and what he was thinking, I got afraid. I got genuinely afraid. And. I finished the story and again the ending it just it hits you hard. It's for me. It was like uh, like I talked in an earlier podcast um, Like how much the ending of Blair Witch scared me? It had that kind of ending it had an ending that just you go oh, Like what did I just read? Oh my gosh, I'm afraid now that kind of thing so yeah, the unknown fear and man, we all deal with it and to sort of segue into the next part you know fear for all of us here's a little life tip I mean I've, I've talked to therapists I've talked to doctors I've talked to counselors about this about fear and I asked the basic question was basically like how do you beat fear because no one likes to feel afraid and, I, and I'll admit I have an anxiety disorder and anxiety in and of itself is rooted in fear that's that's the root of anxiety is fear and so knowing the root i wanted to get rid of it right i want i didn't know that you could be fearless that's impossible for anybody but even daredevil yeah (laughs) but um yeah so I, i asked the question basically was how do you get rid of fear and there was one answer that was consistent throughout the whole thing. There's, there's no medication for it. There's no mindset. There's no therapy. There's therapy after a fear event. Sure. But there's nothing that could, there's no book, you know, there's no secret. There's one thing that you can do for fear and that's face it. It's an uncomfortable truth it's an unwanted truth often it's not something anybody wants to hear but the truth is that is the only way to beat fear is by facing it and going through it if it's an event that you need to go through so yeah that's my life tip for you on this podcast episode and uh anyway uh the next thing let's get into some creativity here axiom man Yes, finally. It's been a long time since The Last Adventure. Uh, the Last Adventure was actually Man Rumblings and that was to set the stage for what's to come. And as a, and me writing the series, I'm at a point where, frankly, I need to finish this story arc, period. Like I'm at that point in my brain, in my heart, in my emotions. And it's a three-part story so it's like it's a it'll be a, a like a novel slide then there's a novella then a novel again and it's a three-parter because the, the ending this wraps up the first story arc of the overall series so it yeah it needs to be a, a larger um story but the thing with axiom man what i was trying to do when i started the series is i wanted to start him off small and i did and by small i meant i put like a lot of limitations on him in terms of his powers i put a lot of limitation in terms of the type of stuff he would encounter even though he did encounter major high stakes in a lot of the stories but i kind of had to hold back a lot because i had to bring him to a point where he could be the hero that i he is that he is in my mind that he is yet to be revealed to you as a reader but had to bring him to that point I wanted to show his growth I wanted to show him learn lessons from his powers I wanted him to learn lessons from life learn lessons from fighting bad guys you know learn lessons uh, with love uh, you know his case Valerie uh, you know the love that he has of his life he just loves your bits. and um, yeah so we're writing man and we're, we're, we're getting through the story and it, it feels good, you know, like going into an Axiom Man story for me as a writer is uh, it, it's, it's already its own established world um, My when I get into it when I start writing an Axiom Man story my brain shifts gears and I write I Guess you could call it the Axiom Man style so to speak. It's it's um, Like if you read the, the Axiom Man saga and then you read some of my other stuff, you'll you'll see a change in voice There's a different tone um to it and and a different ordering of the words it's not on the guy it's not that i sit there and think and like purposely do it it's just how it is like it's just how it comes out um so there there is there is a contrast in in the storytelling styles between the axiom and saga and then the rest of my other stuff and um so yeah so here we are we're we're back in axiom man's world and we're we're really going to be pushing him hard on this one uh we have to because he has to become what he needs to be in order to then continue on to the next large story arc that's happening after this one that's going to wrap up and without these events of these three books that are coming um yeah he won't get there so that's what i'm into Uh, that's what the headspace is at that's what we're working on and uh yeah i look forward to uh releasing it all to you guys in the new year and um I hope you enjoy the, the stories when they do come out but anyway speaking of stories let's sit back to horror a little bit here the story you're about to hear is one where i don't know what kind of headspace i was in but it's one where let's just say it has to do with a beast has to do with some fear and it has to do with letting go And you'll see what I mean when you listen in, starting now. Episode 15 Shedding the Skin It had been living inside him for so long that it didn't know if it could break free. His body was its home. but. It had come to this place before the time to shed the old skin and find a new younger host it was a lion its name as dubbed by the press, beast of night beast lived in the body of herman Dirk but it wasn't much of a body anymore herman was a paraplegic his neck having been broken when beast tangled with the swamp monster of spirit swamp a long time ago before On the nights when the northern lights danced like wisps, of bright cloud on a chalkboard, coming out of Herman was easy. Now coming out was difficult, as Herman, having resigned to being a 72-year-old man in a wheelchair, had stopped feeding Beast the anger needed to be released. Beast was on his own. These past few months when the northern lights graced the sky, Beast could feel them, sense them, hear them call, but Herman, Unbeknownst to himself, we keep the line contained. It was time to break free. Here, inside this body, there was darkness. The only light that came in was when it was day, the sun's rays shining through Herman's old flesh in an odd array of oranges and reds while he was out in his wheelchair, his nurse having taken his shirt off so he could get some sun. It was night now, and Beast had no light to guide him in his task. I'm leaving, Beast told Herman. Herman gurgled something in his sleep. That was all. Goodbye. Four paws pressing against Herman's ribcage, Beast let his claws break free. They punctured the flesh, and a spurt of blood splashed Beast in the face. He didn't mind. It fueled him to dig further. Herman awoke, and Beast felt him trying to find the strength to scream. He didn't want his friend to suffer. Quickly, he scraped away Herman's lungs, the flesh leaking down the interior of the ribcage like oil on a wall. Bone. There was bone in the way. Beast brought his paws back, then thrust them forward, his claws poking through the gaps in the ribcage and through the muscle and skin on the other side. For the first time ever, his claws probed the air of Herman's bedroom. He curled his paws, the pads finding purchase on Herman's rib bones. Beast pulled and the bones tore apart, snapping like dry twigs, blood splashing as high as the ceiling. Like a dead man rising from the grave, Beast rose from Herman's body. His friend lay there, his chest a messy heap of skin and bone and flesh, ripped and torn in pink and red folds. Beast blinked his eyes and saw the world for the first time in years. Tonight, he would find a new host. Thanks for sticking around to the very, very end. And since we were talking about fear at the very beginning of the episode, here's something to maybe uh, put you on edge when you go to bed at night. Did you know that in our lifetime, odds are when you're sleeping, you're gonna swallow about 10 spiders and 70 other types of insects. And you won't even know And they're going to be inside you. But there you go. So good night. Sleep tight.